I freaking love the Black Keys. I mean, I don't know what it is about their sound. It's just, I, I love it. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. This is episode 61 of Barbell Buddha Rediscovered, and it's called Going Brand New. And if you haven't, please go back and listen to episode 60. You're going to need so much context for this episode. So please go back, episode 60, and then rejoin me if you haven't already listened to it. So, where did we leave off? Brooks is describing he has this new opportunity that he never saw coming. Now it's in front of him. And he's, I, I'm speaking, <laughs> I don't have to speak of myself in the third person. We're just, we're doing it for theatrical. He, he realizes that there's other ways to accomplish the big goals that he set for himself in this life. I, he thought he had to create the big business that made all the money so he could change the world by having all of the solutions and all the answers and doing it all himself and tackling that one project at a time. Uh, mostly recess was the, the, the kicking off point, right? Then he realizes that, wow, there might be this other opportunity with this big tech company to create and manage some of the best most game-changing technology that can help millions, tens of millions of people, and he's staring that prospect in the face, and he is excited, buddy. And I am. I'm very excited. But then I actually really allowed myself to think about what life would be like if I got it. And not just like cursory top-level stuff like the money and the things that I'd have. I meant like the environment, the work, what I would be doing. And I really got to think about it. And all of a sudden, this like rush of fear and anxiety and concern of not being enough came overwhelmingly crashing down on me. What if they don't, uh, what if I don't do good in the interview? What if I get the job and I don't like my boss? Or what if I get the job and it's not what I thought? Or more importantly, and actually more truthfully, what if I get it and I just can't cut it? What if I get there and I can't? swim? What if I sink? The water's so cold. What if I don't come to temperature and I freeze to death? These are all the things that are going on in my mind. And I'm not exactly sure what to do with them, to be honest, because while it's all well and good to be open and transparent uh, in a company setting, um, there's another thing if you tell people your innermost deep, dark fears, they wonder if you're the person that can cut it in a leadership role. So who do you talk to about it? Well, maybe I talk to you about it, but I first want to talk to Chris about it because as it turns out, sit down for episode 61 today feeling, man, I just, it's been a while. It's been like a month since I've sat down with him. So I'm going to sit down with Chris. I'm going to see what he has to say. And he has to say this next clip. So I want you to keep in mind what I've just described. I'm, I'm, I'm recognizing that this new opportunity might be bigger and like more exciting, be around more like cutting edge, smart, innovative thinkers that are changing the world. I might be able to brush shoulders with them, live with them, be one of them. And I am like worried that I won't be able to cut it. And I don't exactly know how to approach it. And of course, Chris has some very wise words to share with us and to share with me. And so I'm going to go ahead and get him queued up and I'll catch up with you on the other side. Story time. Dun, 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 dun. We should pull back up that Black Keys soundtrack, make this a little more pop. 
popping and, and artistic, but maybe I'll, my voice is enough. Here we go. I will admit that Mahatma nailed it down all those years ago, man. If you want to see real change, a palpable effect, if that's what you're after, then you yourself have to be that change. That's a classic pop quote if I've ever heard one. It's poetic, it's romantic, it fits perfectly on the back of a Hallmark card or at the bottom of your auto email signature. And that's just the fucking problem, isn't it? Change, 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 doing something different. That's the easy topic to chat about and comment upon, but it's certainly an easier said than done kind of thing. The cliche sanitizes a reality and initiates an extraordinary shift. If you wanna do that, you wanna get something extraordinary moving, of any sort, you're gonna meet resistance with a capital R at some point or another. Capital R, he's a bad motherfucker, isn't he? It's no good to call change hard. Consider that hard is nothing more than the common daily grind that we're all used to, that we're numb to, that sort of bores us to death from time to time, quite honestly. This is what compels us to look out for the shift, the bottom-up change in the first place. But hard doesn't tell you anything useful, does it? It doesn't explain what it takes. It's just a name for the obvious thing. Contrasted against a generic blue sky backdrop. It doesn't bother touching on the why, which is what we're after. Hard is no why. It just makes a red grapefruit margarita taste twice as good at the end of a hard day. Bless you. Bless your heart, Reposado. God, I love you. At this point in the story, I was drinking some of that, and it was delicious. <clears throat> Gandhi should have come out and just said the whole truth right from the start would have saved everyone a lot of fuss. And here it goes. Being that change is really an act of demolition. It's one-third courage, two-thirds destruction. If we're honest, we can admit to sometimes being naive and overly eager for something grand. We can be frustrated and dulled by the latest dead-end venture. We are desperate, burned out, set back. Or, or, in the best of times, maybe we're just stuck in some sort of velvet rut that's just too damn comfortable to leave. The list is long, but to be, to be is something else, to change and shift on a fundamental level, that takes some heat. We know it, and we are scared by it, man. Take a big swig of the Reposado. Splash some cold water on your flushed cheeks. Remind yourself of why this is all necessary to begin with. Take out your pocket hand grenade, man. Label it, burn it down. Hold it close to your ripe heart. Pull the pin and brace for combustion, baby. Don't worry so much about the fear. The fear is perfectly normal given the circumstances. The alternative of calm, oh, to be calm, that'd be a sure marker of some sort of innate madness, wouldn't it? No. Go about the business of going molten, red hot, and ready to be poured out into some other new mold. Be reforged, fundamentally different from the tip of your head down to the bottom of your feet and the, the far wiggles of your little toes. <laughs> The only thing sillier than underestimating the punching power of resistance, capital R, is expecting a rapid outcome to all of this. Silly. It's just silly to expect anything quick and rapid. If you've ever grabbed the hold of a hot cast iron pan, then you will know, you will know, that cooling down a thing takes some time. The brand new you is no exception. Such is life, I guess. Warren Buffett, oh, Mr. Warren Buffett, he nailed it down, just like Gandhi did. <laughs> <laughs> the truth, man. When he said, quote, no matter how great the talent or effort, some things just take time. Get ready for this little wisdom, pearl of wisdom. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. Although I guess it'd be fun to try. <laughs> I'm sold, Warren. Thank you. I, I assume that 
that sort of wisdom is what has made Warren Buffett so fucking successful and rich. That just makes sense. He's actually taken mathematics and made it practical and applied and make, have it make sense. You cannot get, as a matter of fact, a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. <clears throat> Touche, Warren. <laughs> it sure would be nice to find a shortcut, some other way around. I wish all the moleskin notebook pages I've scribbled on with all the ideas and plans, I wish that was enough. I wish the initial sugar rush impulse that comes from planning, you know, that's just far too easy. I wish it would work the way it's supposed to work, but it doesn't. It packs no real punch. Remember, reaction for reaction. The extraordinary explodes with energy. It hums with energy. And it just cannot be assembled with half-assed efforts. That realization is the first step. If I, here's the honest bit, if I had known this little fact 20 years ago, or maybe a little bit after, maybe a little before, whatever, that I would have been empowered, elevated as a student, an athlete, a researcher, a friend, a human, a husband, you name it, I would have gotten to work much sooner and done a better job and been much better off for it. But here I am. I'm realizing it now as you are. Is focused toil, hard work, dedication, all that, elbow grease, is that enough? Maybe. It's very good, but maybe it's not quite enough. Hard work is actually pretty common if you think about it. Lots of people put backs to grindstones on a daily basis. It's an impressive, amazing thing when you think about it. But maybe this is just a prerequisite of the change we're after, a qualifying step, a buy-in to the grand game. From there, the effort has to be efficient, directed, and driven in some specific level, fueled by some inspired purpose, I suppose. Regardless of pay, anyone who's burned away a chunk of their lifespan pushing paper back and forth between cubicle walls. We'll take this point to heart. Hold your hand up if that applies to you. It's easy to imagine digging around in an endless coal mine. Rise, work, repeat, repeat. Hope for that grand result someday. But for now, there's just a load of rock to move through, a comfortable, repetitive pattern that never teaches but never startles. This is the lateral and endless effort. For some, that is okay. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And for some, it's a damn shame. I would say that we cannot come across change and elevation just by moving through our well-worn ruts and paths. Well-worn. Sorry, I misspelled that in the story. Son of a bitch. <laughs> At some point, you have to pick up your shit and take it to the next level, where people do what you do only better, only shockingly better, only sexier and more awesome than you. And that's okay. Better in every way, yeah, with more swagger and more confidence than a young Mick Jagger. And yes, as cool as an upward step might sound... As cool as it might sound. It's also the most difficult, scary, and doubt-filled fucking step you're ever going to take. It's no easy task. These are necessary steps. These are the things you're going to have to try. So don't delay. Get going. Restart. Dream hard. Branch out. Work the body raw in search of something that sticks to you, that sets the world in focus, that makes it all seem worth it in the first place. It makes it all make sense. Take another big swig. Splash some cold water in your face. Go back over the steps. Think about how this story should proceed and how best it should end. Not your whole life, man. That's dramatic. Just, just the path you're on right now. You're going to take all kinds of paths, and they're going to end in some ways that are maybe intense. They're going to end in some ways that lead to the next better thing. But how should it end this time? Look back into the mirror. Pick up that righteous and surprisingly heavy change grenade. Hold it tight to your chest. Stick out that chest. What are you afraid of, man? Smile. This is an opportunity. You are alive, a study of one and a divine, awesome experiment. So, pull the pin. Go ahead, it's all right. What's the worst thing that can happen? Going brand new for once? Ah, uh, uh, uh. let there be a lesson, man. 
Chris's wise thought of the show so far. Not wise. This shit's obvious, but Bayer's repeating. You got a plan. You got to work your fucking fingers to dust. You got to change that plan when it's obvious the plan's not working. You got to work some more. You got to discover something that you, you feel like is, is worth it, that you can really get behind, that you can really love. And from there, and this is probably the most personal part of the show, I guess. It's what I'm facing myself. It's, it's what will stop a lot of people listening to this and a lot of people out in the world from doing maybe what they could. You got to actually take what you do Take what you love most. Take what you really say you want to pursue, right? It could be training. Dramatic pause for tea sipping. Ah, that is delicious. Probably be better with some kind of alcohol in there, but I had that last night. Just ice cream tonight. <laughs> you got to take what you do. If it's writing, if it's the pursuit of making it to CrossFit regionals someday, if it's the job you do, if it's art, if it's you know fucking lawn care, whatever it is, man. If you're going to reach your potential, you can't just keep working hard in your own little play zone, in your own little plane. That won't do. That won't do. I know I've, I've tried it my whole life. The only time I really made anything extraordinary happen is when I went way, 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 if I can make my voice even deeper for a dramatic effect, way outside of my comfort zone, where there was like, um, all these members are coming back now, where there's ever even trying to like play college football as a slow, chubby, short, white guy who never had any business being on a field to begin with, but somehow just put himself there to make the observations, to look out and to see what people were doing, how it is they got there and stayed there, did really well, you know, hung on just enough to get the experience under my belt. I did that in powerlifting. I was never really that strong compared to the best. I mean, I was like 200 pounds below what a world-class squat was, even though it was still pretty good. Same with like the bench press and the deadlift. I was strong, but not strong enough to really compete on the highest level. But just trying, just like having that dream for a little while allowed me to, to bear witness to what people were doing that did allow them to go and what their mindset was, what the, the sacrifices they made, the things they did. Um, I did that in science. I had no fucking business. I love science, man, but to have any business working in a biochemistry lab, fuck no. I never even took chemistry in college, if, that, if you can believe that. I never took chemistry in college, um, but I said, you know what, fuck it. I'm tired of doing this coaching thing I was doing. I just went to the lab. I said, you know what, I want to help you guys do research. I want to get to know this thing. On a whim, no business, but just got involved and quickly elevated to the level of the, the excellent, very smart researchers who are working in that lab. Those are guys I still know and, and love to this day, who shaped me, who hopefully I made some small contribution to their work. But, you know, sometimes if you just put yourself inside the situation, you know, if you jump into the cold pool, even though it hurts at first, you quickly come up to temperature and everything seems all right. Same thing goes for a tough situation. You want to really make the most of your training. You might have an awesome plan, man. You might have a, a broad vision of where you want to go. You might be confident as fuck. All that. All that. But you got to go and get into a tough gym and know what it takes to, to every day warm up, the way best, the best athletes do and to talk nutrition to see what they're doing to, to live as they live to train as they train because it's a rude fucking awakening when you first do it believe me it's a rude awakening you go oh right on this is why <laughs> what I feel in this space this is why these athletes are so good it's not because of what they write down on fucking paper really it matters but not as much as you think whatever they were on that whiteboard you know maybe they do it maybe they don't but it's what they 
it's the way they execute, it's what they experiment with, it's the way they push themselves, it's the pace they keep, it's the way they believe in themselves. You know, it's a fire that comes from some other place. That's what makes it. And if you get next to it, you can sort of, you know, sort of siphon off some of that and experience it. And then you'll be aware. I think I look at my success with in sports and what I did in that lab, and I realize that if I if I want to personally move on to the next level, then I've got to do that again. I've got to take myself, I've got to keep putting myself in a company of really amazing people, which fortunately I can do through uh, the shows we do and the friends I have, who I, I, I love them all so much. I'm very fortunate to know them. But if I'm going to keep going, if I want to get better at writing, I got to put myself in front of really great writers and put my shit in front of them and see what they think and like try to 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 keep up. You know, I got to put it to the test, and that's the scary thing. When you love something, you're either what you're pursuing, uh, a craft you've been working on for a decade of your life or longer. It can only ever be so good unless you're willing to put it up, man. So I encourage you to do that. Whatever it is you want to do, find a way to elevate it. It's scary. It's shockingly scary. But you can do that. What the fucking shit is stopping you? <laughs> Sorry. Out of nowhere, lots of cursing. Uh, to change takes bold action, man. So there you go. To change takes bold action. Man, that whole little last bit, that like that crescendo that he makes there at the end talking about being willing to like put up your work like you gotta step in there man you gotta like really put it to the test and it is scary and I am experiencing that right now like the position that I could come into um, not only would I be around within the company brilliant people that have been working at their craft for a really long time I would also be tasked with creating trust, earning trust and creating relationships with the people that are the best at what they do. They're the drivers, they're high performers, they're working at their craft nonstop, you know? And it's kind of funny because Chris met all those people through the podcast and here I was thinking that I'd have to do something similar. I got to make the podcast uh, that, that, that gets me connected with all those people. And of course, like Chris says, uh, well, yeah, but your plan might, might, might not be exactly how it goes. But here I am possibly with an opportunity to meet all those people, have those connections and relationships with all those people that I wanted to be around anyway. But all it's going to take is me stepping out of my comfort zone, really pushing forward with a lot of energy and effort and making it a, a very strong focal point of my life being willing to be courageous in these times where fear is obvious and in your face um, and just keep doing it anyway. Put it to the test. And I'm going to do that. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I I have no idea, but I know that I'm going to put it to the test. Chris has two more things that I I think are really beneficial to us. The, The first one is a little bit more on how we can do well in this brand new world that we're stepping into, that we're challenging ourselves to do? What sorts of tools can we use to succeed in that realm? Because while I am uh, not only excited, scared, but also confident that I'm moving in the right direction, I still want to have some tactical things that I can do, even if it's just a, a tactical mindset to keep. So Chris is going to follow up with how to be successful using a particular, uh, let's just call it mind technique or mind frame to take into this brand new space that we're going into, that we're 
charging into with full piss and vigor. Okay, so Chris is going to pick it back up. He'll be on, and I'll catch up with you on the other side, and then I'll let Chris, uh, Chris close the show like only he can. All right, I'll see you in a little bit. Bye. Bold action, and what else does it take? Um, well, I was reading a pretty awesome book. I've got a lot of books right now. I'm reading uh, shit. This one is um, Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, who's the president of Pixar, I want to say. Yeah, because I'm reading the book. I should know that shit, right? <laughs> Uh, I'm also going to read, um, what else am I reading over there? Well, I've got this book on the Bohemian lifestyle. The Bohemian lifestyle, sorry. I don't know why I bought that book. I went on like a a Reddit page about, um, oh, the best books that you, if I, don't, if I could only take, what was it? If I could only take three books to me to a desert island or some shit like that, what would they be? And everybody commented, commented, commented. I said, well, I cannot buy some of these books. So I went on the Amazon, rocked the used purchase option and got a bunch, a bunch of books. So I've got a lot of reading catching up. Hopefully those will, any pearls I get will spill out onto the show in the coming weeks. But this one's pretty good from the book, Creativity. Check this out. It has to do with mindset. You know, you, you got to take bold action and elevate what you do. But what else might hold you back? I think it's it's the way you see the world and how you learn. This story may might do a really, might do, I hope it does, a good job of sort of shaping um Maybe helping you shape the way you, you move forward, how you learn, how you, how you view that experience. So once you step into an elevator experience, what's the mindset that will help you sort of absorb, absorb the information? Because that's a pretty key bit too, right? Uh, check out this passage. I'll do some more reading for you. <clears throat> Hopefully I won't butcher the words. We begin life as children. Correct so far, Ed. Correct so far. We do begin life as children. <laughs> Being open to the ideas of others because we need to be open to learn. Most of what children encounter, after all, are things they've never seen before. The child has no choice but to embrace the new. If this openness is so wonderful, however, why do we lose it as we grow up? That's a good fucking question, man. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me, Ed. Where along the way do we turn from the wide-eyed child into the adult who fears surprises and has all the answers and seeks to control all outcomes? Whoa. He's dead on there. It puts me in mind of a night many years ago when I found myself in an art exhibit at my daughter's elementary school. As I walked up and down the hallways, looking at the paintings and the sketchings made by all these kids in grades five through, or grades K through five, I noticed that the first and second graders' drawings looked better and fresher than those of the fifth graders. Somewhere along the line, the fifth graders had realized that their drawings did not look realistic and they had become self-conscious and tentative. The result? Question mark. Their drawings became more stilted instead, less inventive, because they probably thought that others wouldn't recognize this as a fault. The fear of judgment was hindering creativity. If fear hinders us, even in grade school, no wonder it takes so much discipline. Some people even call it a practice to turn off that inner critic in adulthood and return to a place of openness. In Korean Zen, uh, I guess what he's about to reference is from, I looked up Wikipedia. There was this Korean Zen... Buddhist guy, you know, guru guy named, uh, oh shit, I can't pronounce his name, Seung San. I don't know what that voice was, but it's S-E-U-N-G-S-A-H-N. He had, uh, he's a guy who put together this about-to-be-referenced philosophy on life, which is the belief that it is good to branch out beyond what we already know, um, expresses and means literally as, oh, hold on, fuck, I fucked that up. <laughs> In Korean Zen, uh, the belief that it is good to branch out, there you go, Beyond what we already know is expressed in a phase that means literally not no mind. To have a not no mind is a goal of creative people. It means you are open to the new, just as children are. 
Similarly, in Japanese Zen, another kind of Zen, that idea is now not being constrained by what we already know. That's what's called the beginner's mind. That's what we're after. People who practice it for years and years to capture it, keep a hold of it, they have much success. Sorry, I butchered that at the end. <clears throat> but it's a very interesting idea, the not-know mind, in that when you go into a situation like um, a really tough gym, a really tough lab, a new space, a new situation, you're living situation <laughs> that um, is challenging as fuck and scary as hell, how do you really absorb it? Well, the first thing you're going to feel, you know, why is it so scary when you do that? It's because you're afraid of what people are going to think of you. Isn't that it, really? That's what it all comes down to. You're scared that whatever it is you're going to try is not going to be good enough, and maybe you'll be sort of laughed off the level back to where you came from. But of course, that's not true. That's not true. We've got to get beyond that. We do it in two ways, I think. Or at least this is what I'm figuring out so far. It could be totally fucking wrong, but it sounds good to me right now. First things first, I think you got to keep your, your focus on open observation. So kind of with that beginner's mind, that not no mind, you got to take yourself as you are into the situation. Just focus 100% on what you're experiencing and what you're learning, what's coming into you, not with the, what your capabilities are, not how you measure up. That's easier said than done, which is why I've got a second point to make. A second point, which is this. <clears throat> I can't remember where I read this little chunk of wisdom <laughs> or heard it on YouTube or iTunes, wherever the fuck I was listening to stuff, but um, it's some sort of quote that says, basically, the problem we all have is that we tend to look at what we're doing um, from the perspective of having like this blooper reel. All we know is how many times we have it measured up and how, how many times we fucked up along the way, right? It's so easy to look back and go, well, here's all the reasons why I'm not sure I can do this. And we look at other people and we sort of look at the people we admire and we want to measure up to and these new peers we might have and these new athletes we're going to train with. We only see their highlight reel. Isn't that true? You see your bloopers and feel and experience your bloopers and as embarrassing as they might be. You look out and you see only the, the hits that other people have. But they are themselves. Here's the whole key, man. They themselves have your perspective. They are probably more often than not thinking uh, the wounded thoughts, the thoughts of like maybe I'm really not up to it. Maybe I don't deserve to be here. So rest assured, that is a very common thing, I'd say. A very common thing to experience that you maybe you don't feel like you measure up, but and I know that that feeling intimately and know you, you probably experience it. <clears throat> the key is silencing that, just saying, tell them to shut the fuck up, that feeling in your head and cultivating um, that ability to sort of let go of that worrisome mind to focus back on that, that not no mind, which allows you just to focus on the opportunity that you're here. You're here for a reason. Obviously, if you weren't up to it, you would have never stepped up here to begin with. And now that you are here, you're going to make the most of it. So there you go. Two, I think, practical things we're going to work on together as a family, <laughs> you and I, uh, taking our shit to the next level and doing the best job possible and also um, not being so hard on ourselves, keeping that open, honest, beginner's, childlike, not no beginner mind. I think that's the helpful thing. Mm-hmm. I concur, Mr. Chris, and you're really touching my heart with the Korean Zen Master reference, bro. And don't worry, it's tough to pronounce uh, if you don't know. The S-E-U sound is not C-U, it's just S. So his name is Sung-San, Sung-San, Master Sung-San, and yes, the not-no-mind. And Chris is dead on, dead on for why this works going into, or why this can work for you or for me in this matter. 
going into this brand new situation because we can go in feeling like we have to be perfect, feeling like we have to live up some to some expectation that we've set upon ourselves, that we have to live up to somebody else's standard to a degree that someone else is doing, that we have to match them. Um, but none of that is actually true. The, the goal is to just take away everything that we can with this not-no mind, assuming that we do not know something and allowing the newness and the freshness of the experience to wash over us in an unfiltered way because then we can truly be creative coming from like an authentic place that's not fraught with expectations and and things that are outside of yourself. Um, I think this has also been known or called a white belt mentality if you're a martial artist. Uh, Let's see, the day one mentality if you're uh, an athlete or um, I guess maybe even on the company that I might work for. So these these This mindset of keeping it fresh and being open to what you don't know and also just allowing yourself to be confident that you can come to temperature. And me, like my, when I really think about it, like my whole life has been a series of coming to temperatures, you know, not quite being good enough to play in high school baseball because we had an incredible like high school baseball team to like putting the time in, putting the time in, putting the time in, and then I play in college. Coming to temperature, I had no business playing college baseball, and there I was playing anyway. Uh, getting my uh, internship slash first job at a graduate school. Graduate school itself, no business being at Yonsei University, being from where I'm from, uh, small college, no pedigree, no work experience, yet just enough Korean experience and, a, and enough curiosity to find my way in a classroom full of like game world, world changers, game changers, truly game, true game changers out there still. Uh, coming to temperature in CrossFit, man. Like my first coaching job, it was like I'd never coached group classes before and here I was coaching with, and I'm not kidding here, some of the best CrossFit coaches in the world on the staff that I'm working on because we're affiliated with Reebok and there I was just coming to temperature, coming to temperature in training. I would look, we had a games athlete, we had high level regionals and and an A games athlete that I trained with and seeing what that looks like up close. Not only did it uplift what was possible for me, it also gave me clarity that that wasn't what I wanted. So these are all good things coming to temperature uh, as an educator you know, moving into teaching and like having to come to temperature really quick. I, I, I can do these things. And Chris is here to show me that I can do these things. And he's also here to give me the tools and the, and the correction, the lens corrections that I need to go forward with confidence, go forward with an open heart and yeah, just allow the plan to go to the wayside and, and allow life to carry me forward in the way that it's supposed to. Um, all right. Well, it's been good catching up with you for these two episodes. And to be honest, like I don't, I don't intend to ever go away for that amount of time. Uh, but I made a commitment to myself to act in inspiration, and that's exactly what I've done. And that's the same commitment I'm going to make to my, make to myself, and make to you. Uh, while I'm still in my 40 days in the desert, I'm going to allow the inspiration to come, and when it does, you and I will catch up then. For now, what I'd love to leave you with: Look, it's not groundbreaking. It's just Chris being Chris, answering Twitter questions, and that to me is the beauty of it. It's just a humble hum- humility. He's just sitting there answering questions, saying hello to his fans, saying hello to people, answering you know whatever's coming across his feed, and just being a good guy, man. And we just need more of that in this world. And uh, while Chris's work has been 
incredible for lots of people. It's to me, it's it's the small little gestures that he would do that made him such a special human. Um, he did not think of himself as a celebrity or as someone above receiving questions or praise or, you know, he just wasn't above it. He he loved it. He loved his fans, and you could hear it in his work, and you can hear it in moments just like this. So I hope you'll stick around all the way to the end. It's about another eight and a half minutes for Chris to answer some Twitter, Twitter questions and close the show like only he can. Stay with him, and we'll catch up with you next time. Peace, love, cheers, namaste. Peace out. Uh, hey man, that's uh, a half hour. Or so I, I, before I record this, I sent out a tweet tonight from the confines, the friendly confines of my garage gym. I said, "Hey, I'm going to podcast. Send me some questions." So I'm going to do that now. I'm going to answer some of the very kind, the very kind um, questions I got on Twitter. Let's start down here with, uh, "How about you, Nick Bacher? Hey, Nick. Um, he says, "Barba Buddha, can I get a shout out for my?" Final strawberry shortcake before I start working out again. What does that mean, man? Get a shout out. Well, there's your shout out, Nick. Did you eat the strawberry shortcake and did you throw up during your workout? <laughs> Cheers to you, man. Uh, Rody Strong says, hey, man, um, how about an up- update on the garden? No, not so much on the progress, but maybe what you want it to be and your vision for it. I do have that project in mind still. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I've been pitching that for a while on the show, the garden. Um, the problem I'm having with it, man, I'll tell you that, this is the honest fucking truth. The problem I'm having with it is I want to put together a community where people just get together and get the help they need for you know, whatever it is they, they need. You know, mostly training and stuff, but just a place to exchange ideas. And the problem is I don't want to just do it on like a, a Facebook group or you know, a really shitty you know, internet form plugin from a WordPress site. So here's my, my question to you, the, the community, the, the fan base. Do you know of an awesome community plugin or forum option that is a little bit more modern, a little easier to use, a little, little more friendly on the education side? If you do, tweet it at me, uh, send it to me an email, you know, whatever you want. I'll be happy because I want this to be good. It's, uh, that project's sort of on pause right now, mostly on pause because I just had a baby and my life has been upside down for about uh, four weeks. I've been really needing to pay attention to my family and give them some time. You know, I tend to work a little too much uh, from time to time, so that's a little difficult, but that's where my focus has been. So that is going to come. It's going to come soon, but I might need your assistance as well because I want to be, I want to serve your needs as much as anything I might have in mind. So tweet me if you have ideas. So that's the long and short of it. Uh, from Abby, Barbara Buddha, why haven't you created your own line of ice cream products yet? <laughs> everything, uh, everything from clean cream to cheat cream. I don't know what that is. Awesome idea. Uh, why haven't I created my own line of ice cream products? I think Ben and Jerry's does a fine job, Abby. I think they do a fine job. Tyler says he loves me. I love you too, Tyler. Um, there was one question here I thought was really awesome. Joel Venicia, can you give a shout out to my coach, Coach Ballou? Uh Hey, Coach Ballou, what's up, man? <laughs> uh, let me answer one question that had to do with training. Um, from Colin Farrell. What's up, Colin? Uh, he asked me, what does an active recovery day for you look like, man? How much do you, or what do you do to unwind at the end of a long day? Uh, special prep for sleep? Hmm. Let me see. Well, first things first, I don't really train hard enough right now to warrant a whole lot of focus on recovery, I'll be honest with you. Um, but when I do ramp up the training, which I'm planning to do now, actually, a little bit of a comeback attempt maybe, what do I do for active recovery? I think the best things you can do for active recovery would be things that are obviously easy, but it could be anything, you know, whatever you want. You could pick a couple exercises that address uh, some weaknesses you might have. So let's say you got weak hips or something. You can do 
uh, some banded work for your hips, some some band abduction and adduction. You know that's going to be really good for you. Get some extra work in. You know if you if you're doing Olympic lifting, you can do a few light um, sort of technique sets just to reinforce position or just practice form and all that stuff. Uh, my favorite thing to do is probably stuff like sled pulling. So hook a sled to your waist, a little bit of weight on it, just enough to where it feels a little bit harder than walking. You don't need to do a ton of stuff. And just pull it around. The advantage of uh, pushing a sled or dragging a sled or doing light prowler work, so you're just like kind of pushing any kind of weighted object around. The advantage is the advantage is you don't have to lengthen your muscles under loads. That means like, um, like when you bench press, right? You take the bar out of the rack at arm's length, you lower it down to your chest under load, that's the lengthening part, and then you push up, that's the concentric part, and you put the bar back. Well, anything where you lower a weight under tension is going to cause some damage to the muscles, and that's what you don't want to do when you're doing an active recovery thing. You can do it if you're trying to push yourself really hard and, and you know what you're doing, fine, but if you're just looking to recover, do things that don't require the lowering. So don't go out and do sprints. Don't go out and do bounding box jumps. Don't do heavy squats um, if you're trying to recover. That's not wise. You can do some light stuff. But my favorite thing, man, drag the sled, drag the sled, drag the sled. And another advantage of that, if you start dragging a sled, let's say like two to three days a week until you just get a little tired, uh, and progressively march it up. If you do that, you will pull and squat much better quickly because your ass, your ass will be so sexy. <laughs> but the fitness of your, your butt and hamstrings will come up really, really quick. Quick. So dr drag forwards, backwards, side to side, drag any way you think, but just drag, drag, drag. That is my preferred uh, recovery method. Um, how do you like to unwind? I like to unwind with alcohol. <laughs> um, and special prep for sleep. Special prep, uh, I am back to doing ZMA tablets before I go to bed because I, I know I'm probably a little bit light on magnesium. I think that I haven't been eating all my green veggies, so that's probably a, a precaution. But um, a little ZMA, little, you know, maybe a little vitamin D, maybe a little protein. Nothing special. The, the only thing I'd say you should do before sleep, if you want to get higher quality sleep. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had Dr. Parsley. Forget, forget Dr. Parsley's first name on Barbell Shark. I wasn't on the episode, so I apologize for that. But he was going over some tips for sleep. One of them being, um, I think we also maybe discussed it on around the show. But I said, if you want better quality sleep, turn the lights down, turn the stimulation down. Don't take on hard problems right before you go to bed. Even though I'm calling the, the kettle black a little bit, I usually do work right up to sleep. But I don't have a problem just falling right asleep. Um, yeah, settle your mind, turn the lights down. Um, you can do like a little melatonin and stuff, but really, uh, if you just cut down on stimulation, you get a better quality of sleep. Get down as quick as you can, get as much quality of sleep as you can, because the most important thing you can do to have like a steroid effect on your training. If you sleep more with higher quality, um, you will train and recover much better. You'll be happier and healthier, and everything in your life's going to function better. So that's incredibly, incredibly important. But I'd say the most important thing you can do to make that happen is just to settle the fuck down before bedtime. Don't get all wild up. Get your shit in order. Have an hour or so to settle down and you will be fine. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I've got for this episode of the show. I think this was number 61. Good Lord. It's the first one of the new year. Last week was anniversary special. and Now we're moving forward to new ground. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hey, if you've got any questions or comments for me, tweet me or at me. Take a picture of your question written on with Sharpie on a post-it note and put it on Instagram. Go to barbellbooty.com. Type in the contact form. Send me an email. I check them. I check them. I swear to God, I check them. I love hearing from you. 
can also you can Instagram me, not Instagram, sorry. Uh, you can message me on Facebook, uh, and I'll get back to you as soon as I absolutely can. But no matter what you do, what your chosen method, please reach out. If you have any questions, things you want to see covered on the show, what have you, I'll be glad to, to make that happen. Uh, any other thing today, Chris? Yes, how about this? If you dig the podcast, man, you know, it'd be really cool if you go on to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever it is you listen, leave a little five-star review. I'd really appreciate it, man, because that spreads the love. And boy, I love to have my love spread around. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hey, man, until next time, that's all I got, man. It was a short episode today. They're only 38 minutes. Go figure. Uh, until next time, man, peace and love. Cheers, man.